Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm like, you look so uncomfortable. And I'll move her, and she's like, stop. What are you doing? And I'm like, all right. You know what? You do you, all right? And she scooted off the couch backwards, and she held herself up. She's like, look, Dad, look what I did. And she felt so good about it, she did it two more times. So she's like, yeah. It was pretty amazing. So I love being a dad. If you didn't know, um, then you haven't talked to me for like the last two minutes. So... Um, I, I love the series that we've been on. I don't know about you, but have you, have you loved this crazy faith series that we've been on? Because I need to remind, be reminded all the time about what God can actually do, right? Did you hear that today? What he can actually do, all right? Because many times we, we get used to saying things in church, right? Like God can do anything, right? But do you really mean God can do anything? Or did you just say it because it sounds cool? <laughs> right? Do we just say it or do we believe it? And I loved this series because it really did something inside of me to stretch my faith, right? I've always had faith in God. I always have had faith that he can do great things, but I don't know about you, but it is good to be stretched, right? You ever go to the gym before and not stretch? It's remarkable, all right? Especially the older you get, right? Um, because <laughs> if you do not stretch, it's remarkable. If I don't stretch, I can't actually lift as much as if I do stretch. Right? What a remarkable illustration. Right? And I love our pastors. I love our church, all of you, because this series has really stretched that. All right? And we've seen God do more in our lives personally and in our church lives and the people that we come into contact with ever on a weekly basis. Isn't that cool? And I look forward to all the testimonies. So, uh, you know, faith is important. And uh, today, we're going to kind of go down that path. And I, I want to ask you today the simple question, what's your fruit? Why don't you turn to somebody and say, what's your fruit? Now, why don't you tell your neighbor what your favorite fruit, fruit is, Okay. Go ahead, tell, tell, tell your favorite fruit. What's your favorite fruit? You ever wonder what certain fruit would taste like if you could like blend the two and grow it from a tree? Like what would a strawberry banana actually taste like? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? I heard you say that. But, <laughs> but, but what would it taste like if you put like a watermelon and strawberry and it became... A water cherry. You know what I'm talking about? Waterberry. Waterberry? Water strawberry. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Anyway, cool. I love this series because there's growth, right? Growth happens first with us. You know, I love, Pastor Jim's been talking about growth in our church, right? Anybody heard that the last month? All right. How many of you know that growth first starts with us? Here in this room, right? All of us here in this room. Can we just be like real today? Growth in our church, it's going to start with all of us. Right? Is that right? Yes. I'm including myself in that when I say that. All right? I'm not pointing a finger like I'm to all of us. Partnering and understanding that growth first starts with us, with you and me. And that's not just from Sunday to 10, 10 a.m. to noon. Right? right? 
How many of you know that? All right. If I worked out on one day a week from 10 to noon, I will get minimal results. I will get some results, right? But I will get minimal results. Very minimal results. But really, you know, growth happens outside of these four walls. It's our, in our daily habits, what we're doing over and over and over again. And so my question I pose to you is, what's your fruit? Because, uh, you know, when you plant an oak tree, three months, six months, nine months, two years go by, do you think you're going to be able to go up to that oak tree and somehow make it an apple tree? No. Not going to happen. It is not going to happen. See, the point is the, the fact that what you're planning right now is going to become something. Whether you like it or not, all right? What do I say? Because we're, the reality is sometimes we think that we're in neutral, right? Well, I'm not planting any seeds, so someday I will plant those good seeds. So I'm going to sit in neutral right now. Yeah, it is a seed. You're planting seeds all the time. Good and bad seeds can be planted. So if you wanted an apple tree, but you planted an oak seed, sorry, you're going to get an oak tree, all right? So what fruit do you want? What do you, what do you want three months from now? Why don't you think about that for a minute, in your own life, all right? In your own life, in three months from now, what would you, what would you want in your life? What kind of person do you want to become? In fact, ushers, could you pass up those note cards real quick for us? We're just going to pass these out, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So you, but what, what do you want in three months in your own life? What do you want in your marriage? Do you want your marriage to be the same as it is right now? Do you want your relationship with your kids to be exactly where they're at right now in three months? Do you want your relationships with your friendships that you have to be right where they're at, right now? How about in six months? Maybe nine months? Maybe a year from now? I've never known an Olympic athlete. I've studied some Olympic athletes, and I've never known them, uh, you know, any Olympic athlete that has won a gold medal that didn't have to plant some seeds in their life, right? Those seeds, some of those seeds were working out every day, right, so that they become fit enough to be able to actually compete in the Olympics. And then there are those seeds of studying techniques, right? If you, if you hear of the greats, you know, especially like football or, or basketball, many of the greats, they just sat there, studied film after film after film. They would be in a room studying techniques and different things that they could do. But then there are also seeds of practicing, right? You know, getting fit, getting strong, right? Then studying and then practicing. You know, I, I love basketball and in the NBA, there, there are rookies and there are veterans, all right? And the rookies many times athletically, all right, because they're young, they have a little bit more athleticism, all right? But how many of you know an, a rookie versus an athlete, all right, or a veteran, sorry, a veteran can school that rookie any day, all right? Why? Because of experience, Simple, all right? 
I was watching this video this last week, Michael Jordan, all right, like he's like in his 50s now, I want to say 51, 52, and he's playing this rookie, all right, in the NBA, rocked his world, all right, why? Because he's a veteran, he has experience, all right, see if you want to be closer to God next week than you are today, uh, you're going to need to do something about it today, this week. You're going to have to, all right? It will not magically happen, all right? If we had um, those, then I would say grab your uh, magic pill on the way out and uh, have a great day, all right? And we'd be good, right? But that's not how it works. Why don't you turn your Bibles to James chapter, chapter 2. I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. I, I love the translation. I love what it says. It's kind of a little bit more in your face, so I like to be challenged some, so. And we're going to look at verse 14 through 17. Because what we're talking about today is because it won't magically happen, you know, you're going to have to spend time with God this week if you want your relationship with him to grow. In prayer, reading your Bible, in worship. If you, if you want your marriage to be better, aren't you going to have to spend time with your spouse? I just sure hope so, all right? <laughs> And it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have some self-reflection on how you could be a better spouse during the other times. Just food for thought. James chapter 2, 14 through 17, it says this. I'm gonna re- again, I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. We'll throw that translation up there. It says, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? What a powerful scripture. Yikes, right? And we could apply that to so many different things in life when we talk about our faith and our faith walk. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, I believe that God can do something, right? See, I'm going to talk to all, all of us in this room have been in this situation, right? It's one thing to say God can do it, right? But then it is a whole other thing to step out to a person at Target and say, hey, what's, what's going on? And they're like, well, you know, I, I'm struggling with this illness or this sickness. Can I pray for you? I believe that God not only can, but wants to heal you right now. I mean, that, that sentence alone, you kind of burned a bridge behind you, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, sometimes there are good bridges to burn, right? All right? You just kind of like, oh, he said that. So, yeah, I did say that. And so we've all been in those moments, right? See, it's one thing to say it, but then to do it, right, and to say it, do you ever say something in faith and you're like, whoa, whoa, and you try to get the words back, you know? <laughs> kind of scares you a little bit. It's probably a pretty good place to be, right? Because you need faith. But faith um, in God empowers you to follow through with what he has called you and I to do, okay? Have you ever felt like you didn't have what it takes to accomplish something? but you did it anyways? I mean, if you're a parent, then obviously, all right? 
I have learned that in the last, even though Rosie's been here for seven months, all right, I've learned that in the last year, year and a half, right? I mean, the first moment when Cherry and I found out we were pregnant, <laughs> oh, right, it's go time, all right? I better figure some stuff out, right? But was I going to be like, you know what, wait, whoa, whoa, all right. I know you're saying nine months, but can we kind of like, I like a couple years. So can we turn the, the oven down or something? Or how can we, can we slow cook this thing? Or what's going on? Can, can we change this up a little bit? That's not how it works. You know, when I met Charity, all right, I was like, whew. I mean, Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim, I can attest to this. I was head over heels. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, whoa. I mean, I liked her a lot, all right? And, uh, I mean, I liked her so much that I loved her, all right? And, uh, I mean, after a week of dating in a Target parking lot, I was super romantic, in a Target parking lot, I told her, I love you, and I want to marry you. And she was like, wow, thank you. I think I loved her more in that moment because she didn't just respond emotionally, right? I was like, oh, wow, that's hot. Okay. All right. But how many of you know I had not figured out how to be a perfect husband in that one week of dating? I will not figure out how to be a perfect husband in a lifetime of being in, of my whole life and being married to Cherry. I will not figure it out. But that was not going to stop me from stepping out and going for it. And know that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And that is not, that that applies to so many areas of my life, right? Having the faith and understanding that God is going to give me the grace to be the best husband that I can be for charity. See, sometimes we've got to understand there are certain things that we're willing to take a risk on. And for some reason, there are other things we just aren't willing to take a risk on. I think one of the biggest maturity jumps in faith when we talk about it is when we're willing to risk anything for the cause of Christ. Not just what we want to do. Not just what helps us personally. I got a little sidetracked because I started talking about charity. But anyway, um, so what kind of fruit do you want? So we, we have these note cards. All right, I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about this. I want you to write down... Not banana, okay? Um, but what kind of fruit do you want in your life? Maybe in three months? Maybe we should just start with a week for, for some of you. Maybe you're like, I'm just going to start with a week. What do I want by next Sunday? Something in my life. I want to have more joy in my life. More peace in my life. Maybe you're struggling with a sickness or illness. Maybe it's healing, Okay. Maybe three months, six months, maybe nine months, maybe a year from now. Some of you maybe are like, you know what, I want to be the, the, the person that doesn't bring just 22 people to church. I want to be a, bring 100 people to church. 
Well, that's crazy, Brandon. Really? Uh-uh. Have you read the New Testament? I mean, it's crazy, right? The early church was birthed out of a salvation call of probably about 10,000 people, right? In Acts with Peter. So what do you want? Start, maybe, maybe write one, two. Maybe you're already like, I got 10. Cool. Awesome. All right? There, you, you can, there, there's no such thing as an overachiever with this, okay? You can go as crazy as you want. But I want you to think about what fruit do you want? You want a better marriage, a better relationship with your kids. Maybe you're, you're really praying for the right kind of friend in your life. I just want a supportive friend that I can truly connect with that really helps me get from where I'm at to where I want to go. There's nothing wrong with asking for those things. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe there's something financially that you're wanting to push towards. Awesome, write it down. Maybe there's something in your, in your business that you want. Maybe there's something at your workplace that you want to try to see. Maybe there's that next promotion. Or we can span this over all sorts of different things. Maybe it's a, it's a, uh, a weight loss goal. Maybe it's a fitness goal, right? Maybe you want to, you know, bench more than Mr. Ralph. I mean, good luck. Try, you know. I mean, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know. I think I can bench pretty a lot, of, a lot of poundage, though, so. What do you want? What fruit do you want? As you're still writing that that down, I want you to listen to the scripture. A lot of us have read this. A lot of us know this. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I love that. Maybe I read that and one or two of those words just went off in your spirit today. Maybe you're like, "I, I want love, I want joy, I want peace, you know. Maybe you're like, man, I just need a little bit more patience in my life. I'll give you just 20 more seconds. And you can put that somewhere. I would suggest putting it somewhere that you can see every day. I, see, I believe that when the vision is clear in front of you, it keeps it right in front of your face, all right? God will begin to fulfill those things that you want to happen in your life because your focus is on them every day, right? A man without a vision, right, will perish, okay? So make that part of vision. Maybe even in the next 24 to 48 hours, that, that note card will go to a sheet of paper, okay? Go for it, all right? Awesome. Because whether you like it or not, you're producing something as we speak. The question is, are we living a way right now that's going to produce what's on that note card? Okay? Are we living a way right now that's going to produce what's on that note card? Okay? I don't know about you, but one of the easiest phrases to convince myself that I don't have to act right now is I'll do it tomorrow. Okay? I'm going to start tomorrow. 
I'm going to start strong tomorrow, all right? Or I will do it after this event or this thing or this. I've got this going on, all right? I'm a little busy right now, so I'm going to, but I am going to commit to doing it. You're only going to get busier, all right? I don't know about you, but I love being busy with the right stuff, okay? So just purpose in your heart that this is going to be one of the things that you're going to prioritize being busy about, okay? So I would say start this morning. Start right now at 11.02 a.m. Start changing. We're going to talk about how you can change those things, but start right now. Start right now. So I'm going to give you three things today that I believe will help you moving forward and how to accomplish those things, um, how to make sure that you are producing the correct kind of fruit in your life. The first thing we already talked about is act now. Number one is act now. Act now. I love John Maxwell, this, this John Maxwell quote. He says, you're becoming what you're doing right now. You are becoming what you're doing right now. Sometimes I read that quote, and I'm excited. Sometimes I read that quote, and I'm terrified. Can I just be real with you? Because I read it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's what I'm becoming? That's, that could be so, a sobering moment. Okay? See, we've already talked about reflecting on what kind of fruit we want to produce. The next step after identifying that is... Uh, Start doing the things right now that will produce that stuff. If you want the oak tree, start planting some oak tree seeds, right? Don't go out there and plant a bunch of apple seeds, okay? If I decided I wanted to grow cucumbers today, and then I wanted a cucumber harvest this summer or fall, would it be wise for me to plant a tomato plant? Okay, yeah, I know. Some of you are like, Brandon, that's kid's shirt stuff. Yeah, I get it. But sometimes I just have a hard time with that, right? Can I just be real? All right? And I would venture to say all of us have a tough time with that sometimes. Because we know what we want, but we're not willing to do right now what it takes to get what we want in the future. I mean, if you want to produce a fruit of faithfulness in your life, you're going to need to start planting seeds right now by following through with what you commit to. So start committing to things you know you can follow through with. Start being accountable to somebody. One of the greatest ways to follow through with somebody is tell them, hey, I'm going to do this, and I need you to help keep me accountable to follow through with this. All right? If you want to become a man or a woman of your word, you need to become a man or a woman of your word right now? Right now. If that's the legacy that you want, you can't be uh, a liar for 20 years and then be truthful for 20 years and think it's going to even itself out. No way. It doesn't work that way. Some of you are like, wait a minute, that's not cool. Okay, that's fine, 
right? Now, small disclaimer, our God is a God that restores. Amen? amen. A lot of people should say amen to that. Amen, our God is a restorer, okay? And I believe that he can restore time and restore a lot of things in your life, okay? So don't think that he can't, okay? But I want us to remember that what we're talking about right now is what changes we can make in our life right now to plant that right seed, amen? Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24, it says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Heartily there in the original translation means like your life depended on it. Like your life depended on it with every breath you have. How would our life story read differently if we approached what we do in that way? If you did your job heartily. You know, if you loved the people around you heartily. If you made a target run heartily. If you strive to hit your goals in a heartily fashion. What would life look like? Let's take it another step, though. If you did it heartily unto the Lord, how would it look? I love this scripture because it reminds us what we actually do. When we're in a relationship with God, all right, when we have seen that, when we have a revelation of who God is in our life, we now have a responsibility to do everything that we do, everything unto God. So I'm going to say that again. When we have a revelation of Jesus in our life, okay? When we give our lives to Jesus and we have a revelation of who, who he is, now we are responsible to do everything, everything we do unto the Lord. Everything, heartily, all right? Heartily. So is everything in your life lining up with that concept? Now, I don't, I don't say that to, to get a hammer and beat you over the head, all right? I'm speaking just, to, just as much as my, myself as I am to you today. Uh, my, my point in asking that question is, let's take an inventory of our life, all right? We can't say, you know what, I'm going to commit 80% of my life to that idea. But there's 20% I'm just not cool with, okay? There's just certain things I just don't really care about that I do. Okay. Maybe you say, that, that's crazy, all right? But, but think about it in your life. Is there, is there certain things that you're like, man, I'm just like, I'm all in. All right, I will, I will give 110% at my workplace unto God, all right? But there's this other part I'm just not willing to do, all right? Like Pastor Jim, he always challenged me because he's, he always talks about um, one of his first cars was, his words, had some rust, okay? Rust bucket, all right, his words. And he always talks about how he, like, the thing was clean and it was waxed. It was the cleanest looking rust you ever seen. Right? Why does that challenge me? Because with my cars, um, they're clean, all right, but they are not as clean as if I was doing it unto the Lord. Okay. So somebody's like, well, it's just a car, Brandon. Okay. Who gave me that car? God, all right? 
by the favor of God in my life, all right, I could tell you some miracles about our cars. I have a long list of them. So as God has entrusted that blessing in my life, should I take care of it like he has? Yes. Okay. So am I getting better at that? I am. Have I gotten there yet? No. All right. What is one of the ways that's helping me think about getting better at that? His testimony. Okay? So, why am I talking about all that? All right? If you're having trouble acting now, get around the person that's where you want to go. Okay? Okay? So, that's like true accountability. That's iron sharpens iron. Okay? So, I want to get better at taking care of my car. All right? So, now that Pastor Jim knows this, okay? All right? Then when I roll up, you know, at his home, you know, my car's dirty, he's going to say something, you know, probably kind of kind, but he's going to let me know he sees, right? He's going to be kind. He'll be like, oh, your car looks a little dirty today, Brandon. And I'm like, oh, it does. What is that? That's accountability. That's iron sharpening iron, all right? And I know some of us might say, well, that's just it's, it's a car. It's just, yeah, it is just a car, but it's important, all right? It is important. There's a concept behind that. Because if I can do that there, I can do it in other way, areas of my life. All right? All right? And understanding also that we can do that, that same principle that I just talked to, talked about. You could do that with everything in your life. All right? You could do it with an addiction that you're struggling with, uh, some sort of habitual thing that you want to change. You could do that exactly with what we just talked about. All right? But you got to act now. All right? Everybody got that? Act now. All right? Even, even, if you, even if right before you leave today, you make a phone call or a text message, or you talk to somebody in the room and say, hey, can you help me keep you accountable? I guarantee you have a much better chance of doing it than if you walk out these doors and say, you know what, I'll talk to somebody later this afternoon, this evening, or tomorrow, all right? The choice is yours, all right? I'm not gonna follow you around or chase you around and say you have to do that, all right? But I guarantee you, it'll work better. Cool, everybody still with me? Yeah. All right, cool. Act now. When you plant the right seeds, you produce the right fruit. Amen? Just remember, your long-term goals will always be in opposition of your short-term desires. Okay? Just think about your short-term desires, right? I want to lose weight. Long-term goal. All right? But I really want to eat that pie right now. Right? <laughs> Super important. Long-term goals, okay? Long-term goals. They will always be in opposition of your short-term desire. And I'll tell you this right now. If you satisfy your short-term desires long enough, they will become your long-term fruit. They will. All right, let's move on. Come on, let's keep it light and breezy, everyone. Number two, let's be consistent. Number two, be consistent. You know, a lot of you have heard me talk about this before, but there's this incredible book, Compound Effects. Some of you have heard it. It's an awesome book. You should read it if you haven't. Um, but, but in this book, they pose a question when they're talking about the compound effect, the, the power of compounding, all right? If, if, if I said this to you, would you rather have a million dollars today or a penny that compounded every day, which means you take a penny, and then the next day it's two pennies, then the next day it's four pennies. Tracking with me, the math? All right. A lot of us say, you know, well, a million dollars is a lot of money compared to that penny, right? 
Now, some of you already are like, yeah, there's got to be a, you know, there's, there's a reason you're saying this. So there's a, you know, there's a method to your madness. So obviously I want the penny. All right, cool. You win the prize. All right. But, 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 but why? Right. Because that penny. All right. After, get this, after 20 days, that penny has still only compounded to $5,242.83. Is a million dollars more than that? Way more! After 20 days. 25 days. After 25 days, it's $167,772.15. Is a million dollars more than that? Yeah! Quite a lot more, actually. After 27 days, it's 671,000 about dollars. Okay, there we go. A million dollars, right? And this is where it gets fun. The last three days of the 30 days. I want you to think about that before I say the amount. The last three days of 30 days. That means that the commitment level to that had to be consistent for 28 at least days to see the fruit. 28 days, it's $1.3 million. 29 days, it's $2.7 million. And at the 30-day mark, it's five point, almost $5.4 million. All right? But if you stop the consistency, the compounding stops, right? Because at 20, let's say 27 days, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to cut my losses and, you know, I've, I've given it 27 days. It's going to take the $670,000. Cool. Then you miss out on the last three days of that fruit, all right? Consistency is vital, all right? So what does that equate in your, in your, in your daily, right? As Christians, you know, it's, it's definitely reading our Bible every day, right? Taking time in prayer, all right? Taking time in worship, all right? There, there's nothing uh, uh, about that that's going to look real trendy, all right, or anything like that. But I'm mean, going to guarantee you it's going to help you bear the right kind of fruit, okay? We're talking about daily habits. Maybe for you it's working out every day. Maybe it's eating the right kind of foods every day. Maybe reading the right kind of books every day. Maybe it's watching less TV. Maybe it's spending quality time with your spouse or spending less time on a screen, being the best employee you can be. I mean, we could go on right now, but, you know, that little note card that's on right in front of you right now, all right, those things on there, is there a few daily things that you could change that would help you get that? Guarantee you, right? We all know the answer to that. How crazy is that? Does that, that always blows my mind, right? Because I'm like, I'm going to change something. How do I do it? Wait, I know. <laughs> I just got to do it. I just got to do the work. I just got to be consistent. I got to trust that God's going to take what I'm giving, multiply it and compound it and see something miraculous happen in my life. Why? Because that's, God, that's who God is. All right? He's put the principle of seed time and harvest since the dawn of time. All right? And I love it because when Jesus came, it was multiplied in an instant in our lives because of grace. This isn't a message on grace, though. So. Galatians 6, 9 
Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If we don't give up. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, I love this, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I love some of those key phrases in there. Be steadfast and immovable. That's powerful. And then it says, always abounding. That's not just a little bit. That's a lot of it. Okay? Think about how you grow a garden. You don't just plant a seed and then do nothing for three, and, three to nine months. Right? You have to water it. You have to protect it. You've got you to talk it to it. Right? How I many you know if you talk to your plants, they just grow better? Crazy. It works. All right? You've got to nurture it. You've got to fertilize it, right? You've got to feed it. All these things that you've got to do, and then what happens? It produces. Almost seems overnight, right? One minute you have this little cucumber. It's like this big. It's like the size of a pickle. And then like the next day, it's like boom, right? It's like Noah's Ark size. It's like, what happened? Right? If you've ever grown zucchini, it's like that. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever grown one of those zucchini? It's like, oh, Lord, that, I shouldn't eat that. Something's wrong with that thing. All right. It's crazy, right? Was it an overnight success? Absolutely not. It's the fruit of your labor. It's the fruit of your consistency. It's because every day you went out there and you weeded it, and you watered it. And you, you, you made sure it didn't get sunburnt because you fertilized it. You spent time, you prioritized it in your life. How many of you ever had a garden you didn't prioritize? <laughs> Sad looking thing. Some of you are like, I've driven by some of those gardens. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that was maybe a zucchini plant at some point, right? <laughs> now I don't know what it is. Our last thing today, we talked about acting now, being consistent. Third thing today, keep on growing. Keep on growing. Don't stop growing. We started out today talking about planting an oak tree. Remember that? That an oak tree, once it's planted, cannot change into an apple tree. Another thing that's true about trees is it's pro if it's proper, properly cared for, it can grow into a beautiful tree that adds oxygen and shade to the people around it. Or it can shrivel up and die if it's not taken care of. It can. Think about that. Think about what a tree can offer to the world. I love that. Think about, think about how many other seeds come out of one oak tree. I get fired up about this kind of stuff, right? You know that. I talk about watermelons. I talk about how many seeds are in a watermelon, right? And how many out of, that, out of one watermelon, you get about six to seven fertile seeds that you could actually plant and, and get watermelon plants out of. One watermelon. 
Not to mention, out of those seven plants, how many watermelons will come from each plant? I mean, think about that. That fires me up. If you're like today, you're like, I don't know. I'm just, the, I'm just me. What, what can I contribute to the world? A lot. Way more than you can ever even fathom or imagine or think of. Because that seed planted can impact so many. And you might not always get to see the, the impact. But I can guarantee you that it's still happening. I mean, we hear stories about that all the time. That's like one of the craziest things about, you know, being in ministry full time. You, you, you kind of, you, we do have stories of like the start to the finish, right? Really cool. I mean, when you get the story, when you get to be a part of somebody's life from start, salvation, to now, I mean, that is like, we count our blessings, right? But you don't always get to see that. Sometimes you, 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 you see the salvation call and them getting saved and then you might not ever see them again. Does that mean that it's dead right there? No, absolutely not. Do we know what that's going to do in their life? Absolutely not. We don't. We don't always. Does that mean it's not awesome? No, it's still incredible. And then sometimes we get, get people later on in life, Right? Maybe they come to our church, or we just get to know them, and they, they've known Jesus their whole life, and they, they plug in, they're instantly making a change. It's the beauty of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Just think about how that spans. So we, we understand that as Christians, we live our life not just for our own, okay? We now live it unto God. And the incredible privilege that comes with that is the fact that when we do something unto God, it helps and impacts things way bigger than just us, way bigger than and farther than we could ever even see. You know, my grandpa and grandma, well, my grandpa passed away uh, about five years ago. My grandpa and grandma, uh, my dad's parents, they uh, were missionaries for years, okay? They, my, they were sailors, all right? And so they actually took a 32-foot boat, and they sailed all around South America three times. And, uh, and they would stop at ports and minister to people. My dad and his brother and my grandparents lived in Brazil for five years when my dad was in high school. And my grandpa and grandma, they, they just felt called. They got saved, and literally within a couple years, they were in Brazil, all right? <laughs> crazy. And they just felt called to go. And so they went down there and they planted this little church. And for the span of five years, from eyes looking out in, it wasn't a huge success. And uh, many times he would go to um, a, different, a few different towns along the Amazon River, and he would just preach and help, and he helped inspire other people to plant a few churches. Just a few, all right? Small numbers, nothing too crazy. And, uh, and their heart was always in Brazil. I mean, you could not talk to my grandma and grandpa without them bringing up Brazil. You walk into their house, there was stuff everywhere. Brazil. It's crazy. Right. And uh, so we're having dinner with my grandpa. That's uh, about six, 
five or six years ago, right before he passed, about a year before he passed, and we're having dinner, and, and one of Charity's best friends from um, Master's Commission in Atlanta, she was with us, and she was talking about, she's a part of this ministry now that um, sends people out and helps missionaries and helps people do short-term mission trips and stuff like that, and one of their biggest spots is in Brazil, and she's talking about this church uh, plant that is now networked over 300 churches along the Amazon River. And she, she mentions the guy by name. And my grandpa is like, I know him. When we started our little church, um, he was one of the pers- people that I prayed for to help encourage him to start a church. I mean, I could not believe my ears. I mean, talk about a legacy moment. I mean, like, you, I mean, talk about a moment that it's like everything stops. I mean, it was like, I still get emotional about it. Because of two people being obedient to God and doing something out of the ordinary and just doing it heartily unto God, have networked now over 300 churches in Brazil. And every year there's hundreds of people going down there doing missions work, their lives being changed. I mean, that's like a legacy that is outrageous. And why do I share that today? Because if we look at what we're doing in our own personal life, and we look at the results and think that the results aren't big enough, then we're just not seeing the big picture. All right? Because we're looking for the results that we want. But God is doing results in his kingdom that way surpass anything that we could ever hope for or imagine. Because that's the God that we serve. See, I want to remind you today that when we talk about the fruit that you're producing, if you're doing the things that God has called you to do, if you are being obedient day in and day out, if you are doing the daily habits, the things that point to that fruit, I guarantee you that you will see fruit. But I think the coolest part is you are reaping a harvest that is way bigger than just you. You are reaping a harvest that will span the test of time. My grandpa has passed. I will tell that story to Rosabella, and she will tell that to her kids. And that story, that faith-filled, that crazy faith-filled story will be generational. And that is a legacy that Satan will never break. He cannot break. It's way bigger, all right, than anything we could hope for or imagine. So what's your fruit? What do you want? Because I believe God can, is, and will continue to give you the fruit that God has called you to have in your life. Let's go and close down today. Let's just take a moment. I want you to think about what that could look like in your own life. Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson says this, unless you try to do something beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. What a powerful quote. Unless you try to do something 
beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. Maybe it's time to up something in your life. Maybe it's time to up something, change something in your life and see what God does. So today as we conclude, my call to you is to go plant some seeds. Go plant some seeds. Go, go plant some seeds. Go sow some seeds. Go get crazy. Go plant so many seeds that it's crazy. All right? Go see what happens. Go out and water and tend to those things. On a daily, water, take care of. See what happens. Let your toast testimony be heard. What has God done in your life? You might not think it's important, but I guarantee you there's multiple people out there that need to hear your testimony. Because if they hear my testimony, it is not going to resonate with their life. But if they hear your testimony, it will. And it's not just one person. No way! There are multiple people that need to hear your story. So let's just take a moment, go and bow your heads, close your eyes today. Whether you're watching on live stream today, whether you're in this place today and you want a relationship with God, maybe you heard this for the first time, you're like, that's the kind of Jesus that I want, all right? The kind of Jesus that does that kind of stuff, that's real, that does miracles. Well, that's the Jesus we're talking about. He is real. And he wants to change your life starting today. If you're in the room today, maybe you're watching on live stream and you want to know that Jesus, just lift up your hand and say, that's me today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I believe that's the greatest decision that you can make in your life to say, I want to start today. Act now today. I know I can't see you on live stream, but I'm still, I still know that God sees it. Anybody else in the room today? All right, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Church family, say this after. It's not the words so much as the heart behind the words that really, truly start a relationship with Jesus. Say these words. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I've messed up. But I'd ask today that you forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you that you sent your son to die for me on a cross that was meant for me. And I thank you that today I am saved, that I have eternal life with you, and that today I am empowered to live a legacy unto your name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. So what are you going to up? Are you going to be different next Sunday? That's up to you. I'm not going to come knocking on your door Tuesday to see what's changed. All right? But I can tell you this. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Because I know you all. I love you all. We do life together. And I know your heart is to grow. So I cannot wait to see what God is going to do. All right? We love you. We'll be here next week. Go have a faith-filled week. Amen? All right. Love you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.